Todd, Steve, Ash, what are you guys doing hiding? And why are you holding bananas? Are you guys doing a From Dust Till Dawn parody? Do you guys want to see From Dust Till Dawn instead? What do you think? Whatever. Just don't get any banana on the floor. The YMM, FMA, and YMM podcast present From Dusk Till Dawn. Featuring the worldwide premiere of Hyperphotonic Media's cover. Do you have what it takes to survive another film fear? Film fear. October 26, 2013 at the Keanu Recital Theater. Check out our parody, youtube.com slash ymmpodcast. All details about the event at ymmfma.com or ymmpodcast.com. The YMM FMA is making some sexy videos, and we want one of them to be yours. That's right, we're looking for sex. Sexy ideas, that is. The YMM FMA is holding a contest to promote safe sex. So what kind of sexy ideas are we looking for specifically? It could be anything, as long as they're short. Sexy, of course. Relate to work at site in some way. Promote safe sex practices. And are acceptable to view by a YouTube audience. The winning idea will receive $1,000 just for the pitch. So be sure to submit your sexy ideas today. Submission forms can be found at all the YMM FMA social media links and the winning pitch will be announced at the end of october come and be sexy with us come and be sexy with us sexy sexy ever wonder what it takes to perform physical combat scenes in film or how about just taking a punch i guess not literally but figuratively for the film or, or even on the stage well either way have you ever wondered what it was like to just get really into some physical acting just the bumps the hits the slaps Anything that gets real physical in like a, a staged fight scene for all those cool movies we like. Well, if you're curious about it, the Fort Murray Filmmakers Association and the Keanu Theater Company are uh, going to be holding a introduction to film and stage combat techniques workshop. It's going to be this Monday, September 23rd. Uh, it's going to be from 7 to 9 p.m. It's at the Keanu Theater and Arts Center, uh, room 141. Um, the workshop is being led by uh, Paul Gelano, uh, director of the Academy for Fight Directors Canada. And uh, basically, it's going to be a two-hour workshop. It's going to give you an intro to the, what the Fight Academy is all about, uh, cover off a lot of safety factors, uh, basically uh, teach some attendees uh, the basics of hand-to-hand -hand, uh, combat techniques and, and basically fight choreography and how it translates onto film. It's going to be an amazing workshop. It's definitely hands-on and very practical, so we're asking anyone that wants to come uh, wear some comfortable clothing. It allows you to move around and, uh, you know, not in those tight shirts or, 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 or skirts or, or high heels, even though that'd be kind of cool to see someone kick some ass on film in high heels. Hmm. Maybe an idea for new short. Anyway, 
Um, definitely come on out if you want to learn more about the physical acting side and really what it takes to do fight choreography on film. Uh, once again, September 23rd, this Monday, 7 to 9 p.m., uh, Cano Theatre and Arts Centre. The only thing with this workshop is that we have to charge uh, due to limited space, so we had to uh, pay a couple uh, things out of our pocket in order to make this workshop happen. So it's $15 to attend, and we're asking that people register beforehand. All the information is on our website at ymmfma.com. See you there this Monday. Due to a shitload of swearing and some graphic conversations, listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Fort Mac. And thank you, members of the Farmers Union, for being here today to support uh, this great uh, quest that we're on. Uh, I want to bring you uh, some news from the road, because that's where I live most of the time. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't have all the facts, not the same facts that everyone else has about about these bills and everything. But I do know that I... I really stand behind getting this passed. We need to get it organized. But, uh, and I agree with what they said. But what I'm going to tell you about is my trip across America in the last two and a half weeks. Because this involves all of you, it involves all of us, it involves the whole world. Um, My trip started two and a half weeks ago, and I was in my car, an old 59 Lincoln that we had worked on and made into a bioelectric vehicle. And uh, it is a unbelievable car. It's great to ride in. It's fast and it's clean. It burns cellulosic ethanol. So we, and, and it has electricity, obviously, you can plug it in. But when we run out of electricity, the generator comes on and the American farmers and the Canadian farmers and the, the crops that, that you grow make this car go. We didn't use any petroleum all the way across here, and we got here in two and a half weeks with a stop at Fort McMurray, Alberta. Now, we, uh, and that's a long way. I, I still feel it. So, uh, you know, we went through all the states that we had to go through to get there, and pretty soon we were in the Midwest. We were meeting farmers. We were stopping at gas stations. We were talking to people. Sometimes we had a little trouble here and there with the car, an electric window, maybe a fuel pump, something like that that we had to get fixed. We met people. We had a muffler problem, a catalytic converter thing. We stopped. 
in these little towns across America and got our car fixed. We met some great people. We met a lot of farmers. And I've met a lot of farmers in my life. And I stand behind what you're all doing as, as well as I can and, and uh, stand beside you. I don't think it's help you need. I just think you need people standing up for you. Uh, so my car made, all the, made it all the way here running on ethanol. And the renewable fuel standard is probably the most important thing that I've seen uh, that needs to be done here. Uh, we need to get more than 10% ethanol. Let me make a point here. There's a lot of disinformation about ethanol, okay? Some people are saying that cars don't run on ethanol, that it doesn't run right, that ethanol's got a problem or something. We know that's all coming from the competition. We know that it's all disinformation that's just not true. For example, my car runs on a four-cylinder Atkins motor made by Ford Motors. At the Ford Motor plant, my car was made to run on pure ethanol, E85 down to E70. But at my request, I said, don't make it so that it runs well on gasoline. I don't want to use it. We don't need it. Those who tell you that we need fossil fuels to run your car to get to work and back and to run the delivery vans around town and the small uh, light-duty pickup trucks, those people are all wrong. We don't need fossil fuels for that. We have a model that works and we have ways of making it accessible for every American over the next five years so that everybody can afford this. We don't need this fuel. 35% uh, of uh, 35 miles is what the average American drives in a day. The average electric car creates 35 to 40 miles of traveling for under five cents a mile. It uses all kinds of energy to run because electricity comes from everywhere. It comes from coal. Even coal is cleaner than gasoline when it comes to running a car. The energy that I use with my car, if I have to plug into a state that has coal running it, is still cleaner than gasoline. So electricity is great, but then you run out of electricity. What do you do? You have to power it somehow. So there's just this fringe people in America that drive more than 35 miles a day. If most people are that or less or maybe a little more, but there aren't that many that drive really a lot more than that. And that's where it comes in that biofuels are the way to go. Because even though big oil will tell you that there's not enough biofuels and the disinformation about biofuel availability and what it will do to the land and the food supply keeps coming in droves, that's not true. The fact is that there is enough biofuel that we could make in this country that would power all of those cars with generators running on biofuel like mine. All the cars that need to go far farther than 35 miles in a day. So that's not very many cars, really, because it's not the average. So when you look at it that way, the power of, of America powering these cars so that they can get to work and back every day with the, with the workers in them, is, is really a great way to go. And when you need more power, you use biofuel, and it makes it happen. And that's what I proved. We just drove here uh, many, many miles, thousands of miles. And halfway here, 
We went, we went up through South Dakota. We went through farm country. We went up through Montana, through the mountains, and then into the Great Plains of Montana, and across the border into Alberta. And when we got to Alberta, we headed north, and we kept going north and north for a long time until we got to Fort McMurray, Alberta, where all of the oil comes from, much of the oil that we're using here, which they call ethical oil because it's not from uh, some Saudi Arabia or some country that may be at war with us. The fact is Fort McMurray looks like Hiroshima. Fort McMurray is a wasteland. The, the, the Indians up there and the native peoples are dying. The fuels all over, the fumes everywhere, you can smell it when you get to town. The closest place to Fort McMurray that is doing the tar sands work is 25 or 30 miles out of town and you can taste it when you get to Fort McMurray. People are sick. People are dying of cancer because of this. All of the First Natives, uh, Nations peoples up there are threatened by this. Their food supply is wasted. Their treaties are no good. They have the right to, to, to live on the land like, like, like they always did. But there's no land left that they can live on. All the animals are dying. This is truly a, a, a disaster. And America is supporting this. It's very unfortunate that this is where we get the majority of our fuel from. On the other hand, if you look at ethanol and ethanol production in the United States, and if you made, if ethanol was like a different country, and all the ethanol came from a different country that we make here, we would be the number two supplier of energy, of fuel to the United States of America, the ethanol industry, as it is right now. It's a very good fuel, a very clean fuel, and it's getting better because it, it can get better. Cellulosic. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the YMM Podcast. I'm Totsky. Uh, no Tito, Steve, or Ash today. Uh, I'm flying solo myself, but I am accompanied by some amazing, amazing guests, as always, who we got at the dining room tables today. Uh, is this where I introduce this myself? The, you, oh, this, man, the show is yours. I'm such an amateur. Uh, yeah, it's Tim Moen here. And uh, I feel like a media darling today. <laughs> I've got to tell you, I've been interviewed by uh, like four major media outlets. Uh, I was just on the Brian Lilly show on Sun News, and I had to go through all that just to get the creme de la creme to reach the pinnacle of media <laughs> darlingness. Uh, the YMED podcast. And I'm happy to be uh, here you, having my cherry pop by you tonight. Uh, the dozen people that listen to this show are just ecstatic <laughs> right now. And They're the only actually, people that matter to me. Uh, it's only seven now because the rest are at this table. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Who else we got? Hi, I'm Stacy. I live downstairs. I tweet a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hi, I'm Stacey. I live downstairs. She's up from the basement. I came up from the basement. It's very for, exciting. Uh, yeah, I don't do that too often anymore. <laughs> Teresa McMurray Musings, the one who always has an opinion about everything. Yes. <laughs> and I'm glad we kind of uh, congregated here tonight because a lot of stuff's been going on lately in the past couple weeks. It, it kind of started with the Rolling Stone, uh, which I like to get people's opinions on, but then we're going to go dive deep into, I know what Tim has experienced kind of firsthand, uh, with, with some rocker. What's his name again? I don't even know. I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Young, I think I'm saying his name right. Is it Neil, Neil Young? I Neil Young. Niall. I think it's Niall. Niall. Niall Young. The classic Canadian rocker was, uh, in town. What was it? Two weeks ago? Uh, it was Labor Day weekend. Labor actually. Day weekend. Yeah, so a week and a half ago. Yeah, yeah. And he decided to just share some comments. So, which got everyone all fired up. Yet again, and it's funny because I actually had a chat with Nolan that I'll share his thoughts as well. So where do you guys want to start? I figured 
like, do you guys even remember the Rolling Stone? Because I actually had to look Absolutely. that up. Because <laughs> I remember, I'm like, I remember being outraged by this, but I can't remember the exact details. Yeah, the until Rolling I- Stone was the, the guy who came and who worked here for a period of time. The, Living in a his insider opinion. Anonymous insider opinion. Yeah. Which is weird because there it's a two-part article. The one that, and I've only seen the second part recently, and that's when everyone started talking about. Mm-hmm. But the first one actually ran in April, which kind of, I think, went under everyone's radar. I don't remember too much about I saw it. it. Did you? I just didn't draw any attention to it, but I saw it when I came out in April, and I didn't feel oh. it, it deserved any attention. Uh, and I'm not sure if it's an ongoing series. I'm, I'm not sure it's a two-part or if it's actually an ongoing series, so I'm curious to see if uh, if we'll see this person well, popping up, up again. Well, bring me up to speed. I'm not uh, totally familiar with this uh, the piece of literature. Stone? Okay, so Basically, I'm familiar with the magazine. Yeah, the uh, Rolling Stone, very popular in the music world. I am familiar with that. <laughs> no, uh, so I'm not I guess a so. In, idiot. In, in April, uh, <laughs> should I mention how you drove here today? No, in April, okay, Rolling Stone had a, the first article come out. It's called Undercover at the Tar Sands, a first hand report from an anonymous, and I fucking hate that word, a worker on Canada's controversial oil pipelines. Um, so the first one came out April 26th, and uh, it always starts out with an editor's note, so you know it's going to be a great article. Uh, in recent months, many climate activists have focused their efforts on Canada's tar sands, and the company set on extracting fossil fuels from them. With the debate raging louder than ever, Rolling Stone is in contact with one of the workers helping build a pipeline to bring oil from the tar sands to the U.S. Read on for that anonymous correspondent's first dispatch from the one of the <laughs> world's most controversial jobs and the jackass goes oh. okay i shouldn't call him a jackass because as much as i've had huge raging issues with this guy he is giving his points of view Absolutely. from his perspective yeah. on his job yep but the parts i do have a problem with is when he labels our town mm-hmm. and, and and that's my whole issue uh, everyone just if you just type in rolling stone for mcmurray and google you'll be able to see the articles um obviously you won't read them out loud now at but one point that you could walk into a bar you could walk into any establishment in for mcmurray walk up to the bartender and say hey man where can i find some cocaine mm-hmm. and they'd tell you these oh. are the stuff that i'm Th- taking issue with these, like, like totally outrageous comments yeah. that you read and you're like come on like, no, the kind no. of claims you can make when you're anonymous e- exactly, right. exactly. When, yeah. when you know what are you doing you're trying to save your job you like know, that the, we give you the stuff that he talks about, like in regards oh. to his work, like that doesn't. It, it's I can understand that part of it, but when he starts hitting the town, like here we go, people from all over the Canada come to cash in and Fort McMoney, whatever. Mm. Uh, entry laborers can make four hundred, five hundred bucks a day. Granted, that's very, very true. Uh, there's companies are struggling to fill positions. Facts, uh, and there's simply too much work, not enough people to do it. All facts. Sure. But when he starts getting into the Fort McMurray stuff, I'm just trying to skin the article now. Oh, there we go. Cocaine isn't hard to find. All you have to do is walk into a bar and ask, where can I get some coke? Okay, seriously, we've all grew up here, right? Or we all yeah, grew up here, too? Well, I've been here the for about a few years. Yeah. Okay, so like, you've been to the bar scene. Has anyone yeah. seen this happen? Yeah, never. No. Like, never, I, I was quite the bar star Like when I was 18, 19 <laughs> years old. Like, really in there and I've never once heard someone or see it for that matter I've saw the, the cocaine stuff at sure. house parties but never once have I saw this stuff flow from like oh hey man can I get some coke like I, I don't my, know I just don't think this is real my life here has been mostly as a mom and, and it's funny people don't usually offer you coke when you've got a three year old behind you and we have a lot of moms <laughs> and dads here who I don't think are being offered coke on a daily uh, basis it might help you keep up you well it, it probably would <laughs> There were times I, she's 14, I should probably investigate it now, because that's when I'm having trouble keeping up. 
This time's my wish. Do you know my, my honest opinion on this on this article on on this this writer? This is somebody who saw a chance to make some coin. Oh, this definitely. is somebody who probably has no name in journalism, no name in writing, and as somebody who occasionally writes for money, um, this is just somebody who saw a chance to make some money and probably fairly good money from the Rolling Stone. So he's giving them what they want, and what they want is something that's edgy, controversial, points a finger. You know, it's they're not looking for a good feel and a good news feel good story about Fort McMurray. You see, I read it like a dear diary sort of entry, like dear journal. I woke up at four forty five a.m. It was cold. I went to work. <laughs> Billy hit his finger with a hammer. Oh, and there's cocaine. There's, really? Well, that's, saying, that's, a, a, a typical incident nothing, might have someone cutting a finger and I eating stitches. I can't imagine anybody procedure. who didn't want to read this and already have their mind make up, made up reading this in the first place. Like, I had trouble reading it because he bored the fuck out of me. And it's poorly <laughs> written. It really poorly written. <laughs> well, here's my question. What does this say about the magazine? Hmm. What, like, it, I don't think it says anything different than what, what is said about any other magazine. Magazines publish things to sell advertising to sell copies to yeah. get subscribers so they create content that will achieve that goal yeah that's what they want it, and that's that's simply the reality of of the business you know i could write a great feel-good piece submit it to rolling stone and probably they would never ever publish no, it no. because it's not what they want and it's not going to get them what they're looking for in one of my outrages uh, about this verna murphy uh who you guys heard on the podcast in a in a special podcast a couple weeks ago she was a panelist on mcmurray reads uh, she does a lot of article work uh, she writes for uh, the cape breton post right. i think is what it's called uh she also does for mcmurray today and she actually said uh i believe it was a magazine or a newspaper approached her to write an article about her life in for mcmurray which she did publisher went back and say well can you talk more about the divorce rates can mm-hmm. you talk more wow. about the drug problems that's not a unique experience mm. most writers that's here have so been approached shocks me. I've, like, I've been approached really to write articles of that nature absolutely can you give us the cd side yeah see i i guess uh i try to look at myself also with uh before you know i judge these people too harshly yeah. and i mean there's certain articles that i want to read about my community i want to read the feel-good articles yeah, yeah. stuff in ymn right. magazine yeah, yeah. and mcmurray girl and all these articles they make me feel good about my community and about myself yeah and uh you know i guess it's to me what's most important is i want you to throw your opinion out there i want you to go balls to the wall i respect you mm. getting it out there and then I want to have an honest, open dialogue. I don't exactly. want, you, want you to be closed-minded. And I'm going to try really hard not to be closed-minded. I'm going to try hard to look and see your perspective on it. And uh, that seems a little bit of what, what is missing. And there, right? A very good point. Like One of the things that's kind of getting to me lately, and it's often I look and reflect on myself the way I talk, too, uh, is about everyone always saying, oh, you got to stop painting for McMurray's rose-colored. And I'm, I'll be the first to admit it that, yeah, I'm, I'm very quick to, to defend this town, I like to think that I, we're, that I would, I don't want to call it stress, but I like to think that I say that this town has our fair share of issues, because we do. Absolutely. And I like to think that I didn't, I don't shy away from that, but I can see how someone, if I'm constantly defending this town, which I find in myself I do, I can see how someone can grab that picture of it. Mm-hmm. Like, one of the things, I'm very impressed with how you did your blog post uh, today, which we'll get on, well, we can talk about now or we'll talk about later on the podcast, is how you kind of... The, the contrast you put on both sides of, of the of the fence when you talk mm-hmm. about uh, Daryl Hannah and Neil Young visiting. Because this town, like, we're far from rose-colored, definitely, but what we've always stressed, especially with this podcast, and I'm pretty sure I say it every show, is the fact that our issues are, a lot of it is experienced in any major city, 
a lot of them that people say is exaggerations, like the, oh, walk into a bar and everyone asking for cocaine. And like we definitely have our share share, but we constantly try to work to to help uh, mitigate them. Yeah. The funniest thing I've seen on Twitter lately is the Google Maps car going around town, where if that car is going to get the highest definition images of these one block radius, because the car is not moving anywhere, it can't be. So all it's got is a uh, car is going down Franklin Ave. Um, I can't wait to check that out, right? Because it had to have captured that image. Our traffic here is fucking atrocious. Absolutely. But to see what these people are writing in the in the Rolling Stone, and again of what uh, what Neil Young was saying, I'll happily defend it, and I, I don't think it's putting rose colored in at all. Well, we have our issues, and I think I think it's important that we acknowledge that we have issues in this community, and some of them are unique. But every community is unique in a certain way. Mm. Our issues may be slightly different in in uh, in intensity and in in variety than other communities, but it, it doesn't mean. Um, that we're ignoring them if we also want to tell the positive side of the story. No, exactly. it's, it's important to tell both sides. And I think that's the issue I had with the Rolling Stone article is, is um, it is absolutely his perspective. He is entitled to tell it. He's entitled to share that story. I think it's unfortunate he did so anonymously because that cuts out any chance for dialogue with this individual yeah. whatsoever. Uh, and... Uh, and I think it's 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 nice to see balance in that. So you know, if the Rolling Stone, pre, you know, presented a, a balanced piece on on the other side, on on the other aspect of Fort McMurray, it would be great. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But it would be nice. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, to me, and you know, the reason I call my blog Fort Mac Philosopher is that, you know, Neil Young and Daryl Hannah are wonderful people. They're they're yeah. really nice people. Mm-hmm. Personally, got along great with them. And you know, the the thing is, is that most bad things most evil committed is done by people who actually have good intentions who are thinking about the greater good who are Mm -hmm. uh, advancing their cause that they think is is awesome so to me what's missing from the picture is the search for truth the the philosophy so to speak and so you know i kind of like to i like the process of uncovering truth and and examining my own biases my own dogmas and chatting with people that are interested in doing the same thing with their own bias because I, I think that's the only way we can come to uh, to an understanding and to mm-hmm. common ground and, and to actually advance. Well, it's definitely through that chatter, right? And I, you're right, and that's the one thing that pisses I think everyone off about this Rolling Stone article. And anyone on Twitter knows my or my opinions on anonymous accounts. I absolutely hate that. Yeah. If you're going to vote for an opinion, be it right or wrong, and trust me, I have a lot of wrong opinions. But the only way that I ever learn from them or change from them is by owning up to what I say. And a minute when I'm wrong. It's, it's being open. It happens a lot. I know it's a shock to some of you guys, but it happens a lot with me. <laughs> and it's, it's being open to being wrong. And it's being open to saying, you know what, maybe I haven't thought this through fully. And maybe there's information that I didn't have previously and didn't consider. And I'm going to I'm gonna throw in a, a plug for Tim's blog here because Tim writes the most intelligent blog yeah. in Fort McMurray, yeah. without a doubt. And, and possibly one of the most intelligent blogs in Alberta that yeah. I've, ever, I've ever read. Uh, often when I read Tim's blog, it makes me stop and think about the way I think about things. Oh, no, there, it's so, without Fort Mac Philosopher Blogspot, guys. Definitely uh, hit it up. and uh, I'm going to have to go through and make sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I fired off a Your pretty... Your hits are going to go out. I, 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 I fired off... I was pretty angry yesterday uh, about just something little that happened at my daughter's school. I read it. And, it was uh, brilliant. Well, yeah. It was <laughs> It's going to get national attention, man. Yeah, okay. Like you said, you did a Sun interview, Sun TV interview. I man. guess maybe I'm just gun-shy because I've thrown out what I thought were brilliant pieces, reactionary, and, and I seem to get the most resonance from people when I when I, I just lost my tolerance. I'm like, okay, that's enough. You, you're not thinking clearly. Yep. Here, mm-hmm. I'm laying it out, and I'm calling you out. And then 
you know, I, I get into trouble. It seems. <laughs> but, uh, so maybe that's why I'm a little bit like, oh, geez, I better go back. <laughs> I think you're all good. <laughs> uh, well, let's go into the Neil Young thing. I, like I said, Rolling Stone was just the kind of tip. Because I remember I was talking to a few people. Of course, I posted to my Facebook a whole slew of people commented. I will echo Nolan's, uh, Nolan's sentiments because I feel they're always valid as well. Uh, sometimes you got to let people have their own opinion. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And then kind of focus inward on ourselves. Instead of being mad at the Rolling Stone, I guess, for, for mm-hmm. publishing that article, maybe we should target that anonymous user, whoever he may be, and kind of trying to show him the real Fort McMurray, right? And there's some valid, validity in that. But I also believe that if someone absolutely doesn't want to change and refuses, they come up to this town wanting to hear work for money, they absolutely hate it, it's going to be very hard to change that point of view. If you're not open-minded, it's just going to bounce off them, right? So Yeah, absolutely. And, you know... <clears throat> Uh, fixating on that kind of thing, I don't think is helpful either. You know, there, uh, when I, uh, did my graduate work, uh, there, we were, we were given a a couple of different research philosophies we could use. And the one that, that I chose to use that seemed to have the most validity was, uh, a research philosophy called appreciative inquiry. And that's where, you know, when you look at an organization or a system, you're not, you don't look at the problems on them and fixate them and ask, how do I fix what's broken? You look at what's alive and you capture that yeah. and, th- and and imagine how you might leverage that and study that. And you have drastically different outcomes. Both of them are valid ways of looking at a system, mm-hmm. but uh, they asking the starting question gives you vastly different results. And if you want positive, sustainable results that lead to flourishing, you have to ask the right questions, and asking and fixating on problems tends to lead you down the wrong way, and and you focus your energy uh, and time on the wrong things. So, would you say like some of these people with really negative uh, perceptions of Homer McMurray? Do you think some of them are some of them are a lost cause? I think that you you kind of have to do a bit of triage. Like I relate. I, I was thinking about this the other day. My my daughters often come to me and say so and so is spreading this rumor about me, and I can't believe what she's saying, and it's totally untrue, and and going off about about the reputation they're getting or, or what other people are saying about them. And, you know, what I always tell them, and I have to remind myself when stuff like this comes out, is what I tell them. The advice I give them is to just ignore it. They, they, you're, you're never going to uh, be able to uh, control what people are saying about you. They're always going to have their opinion on you. And if you chase it down and if you feed that energy... It's only going to get worse. The drama is going to get worse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you won't be focusing on the right things and, and uh, getting anywhere in life. So yeah. focus on being you and, and let the haters hate kind of thing. No, kind that's of true. I give well, who, who are they to, to offer their opinion anyway? I mean, who who is Neil Young, really? Like, he's he's an environmentalist, sure. But, I mean, he's not a scientist. Environmentalist? He, he claims to be, yeah. Oh, he claims I, to be an environmentalist. But, I, I mean... Suppose. What if Britney Spears came here, you know, like Kim Kardashian <laughs> came? I want to see their tar sand report. What difference? What, what, what's, what's every, it, how may, what makes them different? I think everyone what is entitled to their opinion. And, and at least he did come mm-hmm. and see. And, and, and even if he didn't look at everything, he did come. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, to me, that's a point that's in his favor. And he's entitled to his opinion. What I find interesting is someone else recently visited that I did have the chance to meet. Malcolm Gladwell, mm-hmm. who I would argue is a relatively intelligent human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, also celebrity status who did not share Neil Young's opinion on the tar sands or the oil sands development. In fact, his major concerns were, are you developing it responsibly and what are you doing with the money? 
Mm-hmm. He had better questions. Those were his concerns. He was sure. looking at it in a different way, in the way Tim has has described. But just to go back to what you said, like you said, well, at least and I've seen a lot of people say it. Oh, at least he came up here. Did he? Did he come up here to research it, or did he come here because he wanted to get them shots? Uh, by Mordor, quote unquote, which is it's a very valid point. Like, was his face terror? Was his mind even? Was his yeah? You know what I mean? Terror. He didn't. Yeah. Did he? I suppose he did talk to the natives. So I guess that could be. Uh, if he yeah. didn't talk to them, you know, there, there was an interesting. There was a First Nation lady that actually wrote a comment on my blog today, saying, you know, Neil Young came to Jeanvi in my community while we were in the middle of a cultural celebration, and uh, you know, she felt disrespected that she, that him and Daryl weren't looking. At them that they were looking for dying Indians and they weren't oh, wow. finding any kind of thing. See, there you go. Like this, I heard so, that comment as so well. So she mm-hmm. had felt like she had been used to advance an agenda, mm-hmm. and uh, wow. and so you know it's really important because I think Neil has a really good message. I think that it's an important message and it's one that we should also be advocating. Yeah. And the only way you're going to get that message out there and advocate for it is if you if you have an honest discussion about it mm-hmm. and, and are seeking the truth and not ignoring inconvenient truths right and i guess like uh, just talking about it now and like today when i was going through my head when we were going to do the show tonight like it's come to a point where i be i'm becoming conflicted now where i have no issue with what these guys are saying in regards to like, green energy all that kind of i'm all for it right obviously what we're doing is, isn't the greatest for the environment i know it's not as bad as what some of these people say often because i've i've worked i work in it i know the billions of dollars mm-hmm. that goes into reclamation <laughs> and we do the best that we can with what we're given um, but I'm all for the green energy. I'm all for the cause of these guys come. It's when they hit the town, I guess it, yeah. it really affects me, right? right? I guess one thing if they went up there and be like, do oil sands, do this, 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 and this. You're right. Mm-hmm. Probably it's exaggerated, but for the most part, you're right. But when you hear the fucking drugs, when you hear we're a fucking nuclear wasteland. It's low like, hits. My, There's a lot of low punches. Yeah. I mean, you go from one minute talking about, it's not like it even specified, you know, certain sites. It's it's one big big picture of them. It's like, oh, Fort McMurray is the tar sands. It's not yeah. two separate places. And they put and the I people, what, yeah. they put the residents and the people who live here with the with the workers and with, you know, what we're digging up with, with people who have nothing sands. to do with it. Yeah. And it's low punches. They're like, oh yeah, there's oil, but there's also cocaine. Like, they have to throw that in there. And that that really the gets to me, but, hooker but the extremist yeah. words that they use and like you know comparing the tar sands to Hiroshima, like that's disgusting. That well, you're, you're not only just diminishing what's happened in Japan. Like, did you fly over there and see thousands <laughs> of dead bodies, dude? When, and back that's in the disgusting. 40s, like to me, that's when he horrible. said that the nuclear wasteland, like that's what threw me for a loop. Like. Mordor, I can understand. It kind of looks like fucking Mordor when yeah. you fly over it. But, but a wasteland? But I, I recognize that. looks like something that an A-bomb was dropped on yep. thousands of people. I don't know. Did you see Tim's blog? That was How, actually a pretty good comparison. It's not even destruction, but, you know, you're... You're comparing it to an event where thousands of people died. That's yep. disrespectful. Sure, but he's sure. provoking That's an emotional response. Yeah, he's sure. not an unintelligent man. And the way that you get people isn't necessarily through logic and reason. It's through emotion. Yeah. yeah. And you provoke an emotional response. And you, you throw around words like nuclear wasteland. And you throw around words like First Nations people dying and all the animals are dying. And increased cancer rates. And you're playing to people's emotions. And that's very effective. I know that. Yeah. No, it's true. <laughs> yeah. it's, well, just, it's disappointing yeah. how many blind followers that these celebrities get. Like, just you have so many people that are un- uneducated about this place, but they'll they'll follow what Neil Young says and they'll die hard about it just because Neil Young said it. And to me, like that's what's that's what so that's what causes a response for me. Like, uh, I understand the philosophy definitely when it comes to your daughters by saying just ignore them, and let that go away. And I don't know. I've always just felt. It's a case by case basis, I guess, because obviously, if we if we carried that concept into all this, the negative hate that Fort McMurray gets, 
sometimes the problems don't go away. It's just, oh, just ignore them. I think we played that as a city. We've played that for too long. Yep. Up until recently in the, in the whole YMM kick within the last five years where we started actually sharing our own stories mm-hmm. and actually taking offense to people like GQ coming up or, or Chatelaine or whatever well, the rest of them are. there gets to be a point when, you know, rumors turn to bullying and you have to stand up for yourself. Well, so, and there, and there is, I think you have to be careful about the pendulum swing, though, mm-hmm. because what happens in, in a pendulum swing, of course, is you go to the far end where we're not paying any attention to what people are saying about us. And it's like, oh, they are, we're just going to ignore the haters. And then there's the other end of the pendulum swing where we're going to defend ourselves so vociferously that we actually fail to see any validity mm-hmm. in the things that are being said about like, us. Grand, yeah. And, and Grand, you know, I think it's really important to find that, that middle Happy ground medium. and that balance. Um, I read Tim's blog today. It was brilliant. And in fact, later today, I, I wrote an open letter you to did, me on, yeah. on my own blog and, yeah. and talked about what I would have said to him if I'd met him mm. and talking about community. And, and I think it's really important, as opposed to getting outraged and offended by everything that's saying about us, to spread the story of what we are doing here, the good stories, the mm-hmm. real stories, yeah. even talking about our issues, but talking about what we're doing to address to those address issues. Yeah. yeah, because if we if we try to hunt down every bad thing that's said and, and rebut it, it's like it's, playing whack-a-mole. No, you're right. No, yeah, it was going to pop, pop I've been and, asking for that job for the city for a while now, and they just won't let me have it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're I will never hunt down everyone. <laughs> you will and never. I'll them. There's so much wrong with the internet right now. I've been up Somebody's to Somebody's awesome Twitter. I must go. <laughs> we'll get him a little suit made with a cape. It'll be awesome. Twitter man. <laughs> like, I've been <laughs> But you're not going to change all the minds. It's true. Ever. You, it, it would be an endless battle, and I think it's futile. I think the far better way to do it is to counter the things that are obviously um, incorrect, factual inaccuracies, uh, and then tell the good stories. Tell our stories. Well, let's go through. Uh, Tim, you got okay. the first-hand experience. Let's go through what uh, – because I believe the first time I heard of this was through a f- post that you did or uh, either a Twitter or post or something. I remember you the one that said it. You're like, I just got a, a, a job working with Neil and, yeah, and Daryl. I was like, hey, everyone who I know, <laughs> guess what? That is pretty I cool. I work with Neil Young yeah. and uh, Daryl Hanna. And uh, yeah, I kind of almost regret sending that tweet <laughs> out because within 10 minutes, my phone blew up with media trying wow. to get a hold of me. And I'm like, oh, oh, God. Did anyone do know do? about this beforehand? I had no idea no, that I, he was doing anything like this. I, I think... Well, I'm the only one. I mean, they they contacted the helicopter company mm-hmm. and uh, through them got a hold of me, and they just kind of breezed into town. I think they they obviously contacted certain First Nations yeah. people who knew and uh, Doctor O'Connor yeah. and you know everyone that was going to support. Their but there's never a media release or anything like that. Or, no, no, yeah. they're they're just in town. They wanted to get some shots of this, and uh, they needed someone who was brave enough to stand on the skid of a helicopter and get the shots they wanted. Mm-hmm. And that was this guy I guess but but yeah I mean they 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 contacted me and then I was kind of unprepared for the reaction of everyone and I guess you know rightfully so I mean we've had a lot of slander said about this community and so we're a little sensitive I mean we're really sensitive I mean for crying out loud we've outlawed plastic bags like store owners can't have plastic <laughs> yeah. bags in this town so i mean i think that's yeah, that speaks the, to so much place that perfectly in that <laughs> blog post uh. but uh but yeah and, and i mean so i was so i kind of held back from i'm like okay i gotta be quiet because otherwise i'm gonna lose this gig because <laughs> they, they obviously don't want a media circus and yeah. uh, i don't want to be the one that uh that brings the media down on them <laughs> and stuff like that right i want to kind of at least be part of this. I want someone local what experience who cares it. about the community yeah. to at least try to, you know, provide a counterbalance to some degree. Mm. And you know what? I, I think that, uh, 
Ken Chapman wrote a comment under my blog, uh, and he made a good point that, you know, the first visit it isn't going to change someone's mind. And he was exposed to some stuff that I got the sense from watching his face and, and listening to his questions that created some cognitive dissonance in him. You could see wow. him, you know, he was very interested. He'd never heard of SAGD, for example. He'd never heard of these green initiatives. He was like, We're, you're building greenhouses out at the dump? That's great. Reclamation, that's awesome. that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. Sustainable, great idea, all that yeah. stuff, right? And then you could see him go shake his head for a second and go, but tailings ponds, uh, <laughs> wasteland, environmental Stuff I read in the media. So yeah. you could see him yeah. convincing himself back to his narrative kind oh, of. Wow. But, but you could, but this is how the seeds are germinated, right? Yeah. I mean, you, no one changes their mind like that, it's including true. me or yeah. you or yeah. anyone else. Good point. So if we have a narrative and we hear the counter arguments to it and we get a little uncomfortable, we tend to cling more tightly to that narrative until finally. Hold on to what you know. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I haven't given up hope. I, I got the sense that Neil, I mean, look, he, he said some crappy things about Alabama back in the day, right? And uh, it fired up Leonard Skinner, and uh, and you know what? He buried the hatchet with him. Years later, he came around to yeah. admitting he was wrong and stuff like that. So there's reason to believe that Neil ha- is a man of some character, and and if he's shown enough evidence, he'll he'll come around. Do some so, research. So hopefully, you know, I- I'm hoping for that, and I I think that at least the seeds of that of self doubt were planted, if nothing else. So and I think that's that's something. That that was accomplished, but what Daryl Hannah? I I I I don't know, dude. I mean, Daryl Hannah, <laughs> lovely lady. I mean, I've, like I said in my blog, I've always thought so ever since Splash, uh, and and uh, you know, she's got a good heart, and I you know I admire her principle. I mean, she she lives what she believes, right? She yeah. lives off the grid in her little hippie thing. She sells energy or you know environmentally friendly products. Uh, and on her website, and you know, she she puts herself in harm's way for what she believes in. And man, I, I remember I, when she got arrested there for mm-hmm. the Keystone, uh, yeah. the Keystone. That and I admire that. I admire aspects ago, I of that. Like, yeah. I don't like. I don't. I think it gives oil sands a bad name, and I think it's it's wrong to uh, force landowners to to accept pipeline and people coming mm-hmm. through their land if they don't want it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'd, I'd chain myself with Daryl Hannah to a tree for that. Well, I said I chained myself with Daryl Hannah. <laughs> So did I, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. That was and an interesting twenty four hours. <laughs> but uh, but no, I mean she is. Uh, she seems like a lost cause. Like she's in, her, and you know she she isn't all that interested in in intellectual dis- discourse or looking at logic or evidence. She is, doesn't want to debate the issue. She is she interested has, in picking sweet grass and giving hugs and petting furry bunnies and all that stuff. And <laughs> God bless her. Go yeah, go yeah. for it. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do it, you know. I, I don't see her as much of a, a threat to to what we're doing here, and and uh, kind of along for the ride was she? Or yeah, she yeah. was along for the ride. I mean, Neil, Neil Young actually was supposed to come up here, and we were supposed to film on the Thursday, and then I was getting very kind of vague and sketchy things from the production company, who didn't really know what Neil was up to. We kind of got the impression that. He kind of just makes up his agenda as he goes along, and that's well, kind of how he creates, right? After that video, which you guys on the podcast heard, so I'll, I'll start the episode with it. Um, it sounded like his car broke down. What he was saying, his car kept breaking down. I said he needed a new Cadillac convert or a catalytic converter, a new muffler. 
so he was kind of like repairing it along the way. And he said some stops he would be there for a couple of days. Farmers. I always kept meeting the farmers, but right, he kept referring right. to. But I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but he said he had a lot of car trouble. Well, the, the production company framed it to me that he had stopped for a visit with Daryl Hannah. He decided to go visit her, and then mm. she decided she wanted to come along uh, for the ride. So they kind of waited for her to get ready. To and get ready. And I know they did have some car problems. And then the other thing, you know, the other logistical problem is uh, there's only one plant in the U.S. that makes this fuel from, yeah. what, from what they were telling me. So they have to, you know, get the shit. Right? <laughs> they have to burn a bunch of uh, fossil fuels to get to get the shipment shipment over to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's fucking true. It really is. Yeah. Well, I, and that's that's the reality. I mean, you know what? His great. We're gonna, you know, if if you're gonna advance that cause and we're gonna have clean energy, you know what? The first little while that that new uh, that we have a new energy paradigm it takes a lot of energy and pollution to get to it and, yep. and then we're going to have cleaner mm-hmm. energy i mean the industrial revolution started with horrendous pollution there were smokestacks yeah, yeah. i mean cities were black uh people had you know terrible lungs there but you can't argue that it didn't lead to progress to a cleaner yeah. way of doing things to people being able to flourish i mean you you never would have had a rock star before the industrial revolution because people were too busy uh, working to survive right it's true i mean yeah. it created all this wealth and abundance so mm-hmm. that that people could indulge in art mm-hmm. and uh take time to to do, do be able to have the, the diversity and be able to choice better the it's the industrial revolutions would spawn the whole basically it's a step in our evolution i, was, yeah, I would exactly. say right? and, and, so. and i mean i, I kind of have a feeling that that we're going through these epochs where where our energy is getting more efficient uh, more envi- environmentally friendly and eventually we're going to have, you know, dilithium crystals and clean energy. <laughs> Don't tease me, Tim. Don't tease me, buddy. We're going to be there. Oh, I'm telling you. Man, I, I mean, wish you'd be in my life. We invented fire and the wheel and flying, oh, so I'm sure we're going to I think that's a terrific fine. end goal is, is, is heading towards cleaner, greener energy. But one of the things that uh, the whole Neil Young thing made me start thinking about is, is his connection to farming. Because I know he's a huge advocate mm-hmm. for, for farmers. I come from a farming family. Uh, My family's been farming for generations. Uh, And that's a conversation the next time I'm going to have when I go down to southern Alberta is talking to some of my my cousins about how they feel about... uh, Fossil fuels, which frankly is something that farming is heavily reliant, reliant on. on. Sure. You know, what do they run their combines on? What are their tractors being run on? How do they get their product to market? Yeah. Fossil fuels. They're not going to yeah. pay for ethanol. And they can't afford, actually, exactly, they can't <laughs> afford to bring in clean, green energy that's coming from one factory in the United right. States to run their farming equipment when most of them are bare bones operations, family farms that have been there for decades. Yeah. So it's, it's, th- this is a much larger conversation as well in terms of, of how it impacts everything from uh, food production, from yeah. everything. Absolutely. And, and you know, there's unintended consequences of uh, pulling out the guns of government and saying you're going to do things this way now, right? Uh, you know, so say Neil gets his way and we convert everything to ethanol and we have these vast areas of farmland now that are devoted to fueling our vehicles as opposed to feeding our stomachs. Uh, I mean, I- I'm assuming... Neil isn't a big fan of GMOs, but we're going to have to do some genetic modification to get the highest yields for our vehicles. Exactly. I mean, these need things to be more efficient. About, right? It's got to be more efficient. But yeah. I, I was even thinking about this. You know, I know Fort Mackay. Uh, you know, in, the environmental lobby destroyed Fort Mackay's economy back in the '80s by uh, you know blasting the fur mm-hmm. trade, and so they kind of the the First Nations out there had to turn to 
the oil sands to, mm-hmm. to make the money. So, uh, it, it, I kind of was thinking today that here, you know, Neil and his ilk kind of took the economy away from them back in the eighties and now they're want to do it again yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. to these people. Well, as well as when you look at some of our first nations reserves all across Canada, these are fly in only reserves. What do planes fly on? Yeah. It's, it's, you know, and that's mm-hmm. their connection with the world. That's how they get out for medical treatment. That's mm-hmm. how they, they access the entire world. That's how they get their goods and services. Mm-hmm. Right. And he's a First Nations advocate, so there are mm-hmm. there are some uh, dichotomies in in this discussion and some discrepancies that you y- have to look at. And as it well would be in interesting to picture. see. I mean, if you're looking at the First Nations issue, how do how do our First Nations communities and groups around Fort McMurray fare in comparison to the rest of Canada? Uh, oh, I would are love we, to see are we Makai chalked up to everyone yeah, else, like morbidity, <laughs> mortality, yeah. quality Absolutely. of life. How, how do we stack up? I, I have a feeling that it's pretty good. I mean, you yeah. hear all these stories, you know, Attawapiscat, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, high suicide Northern rates. Ontario, uh, Northern I, uh, Manitoba. I worked with some First Nations reserves in Northwestern Ontario um, that had some significant health issues. Sandy Lake is is has got the highest diabetes rate per capita in North America, I believe. Right. Uh, it is killing people who are in their 30s. Is there Diabetics. an oil sands plant near there? Nowhere near no. it. I'd like to Nowhere see like shocking. It's yeah, and, and and yet you know it's you don't you don't hear about Sandy Lake. You don't hear about places like Pecanjicum, which has a huge uh, issue with uh, an inherited disease um, where babies die before the age of a year. Yeah. And uh, scientists come from all over the world to study them. Does anybody in Can- has anybody in Canada heard of Pecanjicum? No. Mm-hmm. They, they can't be used to advance a cause, so of course we haven't heard of them, right? Exactly. But there you go. And, and to me, it's just, this is, just keep going. Uh, no, this is great stuff, man, because like, I've never even heard of those two at all whatsoever. Nope. It's, they're not newsworthy. And yet, yeah. here we have, as I said, in Sandy Lake, there's, there's people who in, at the age of you know, 32 are losing legs. To amputation because of but then you get raging diabetes like fucking James Cameron that comes up here and makes this big fucking statement like the like he's been here his whole life and that's what kind of the shit that drives me nuts and of course everyone like just human nature you're gonna follow your celebrities so if Neil Young and James Cameron hate it and Daryl Hannah are against it then this must be a really wicked horrible fucking place that no one that must be stopped so we're all dying of cancer. And our animals are all dying, and you know the air smells because bad. Because they can taste it. It's popular. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's popular to bang on the oil sands, honestly. And and you know what? If there was a cause, think about the seal hunts. You know the celebrities hammered on that because it was the popular cause at the time. I was a member of Greenpeace for many years. They get onto a popular cause and they go with it. When I was a member in the 1980s, it was the the anti cruise missile movement. Mm. That was the popular cause. That everybody See, that makes tagged sense. onto. <laughs> 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 to me, then fucking something that you need. Like, like I said, I'm all for a green energy, but until we have that, and I know that you got to do steps in order to get to that point, but in order to maintain the quality of life that our society dictates, the Western world, and even all over the world, of transportation, of, of whatever, all the things that petroleum is inputted, we need these projects. Well, it's, it's a huge discussion, and it goes way further mm-hmm. than just shutting down the oil sands. This is a global discussion, not a local, provincial, national, or even continental discussion. Mm. I feel like Neil is saying, and like James Cameron and everybody, they're saying, you know, now, end it now, you know, bring in ethanol now. But I don't, I don't think we're ready for that. Okay, I mean, no, like, how, like, well, look at him, what just Tim said. Like, if we go to ethanol, like, just to... The, we're not ready. Uh, how we use fossil fuels? Imagine the fields but this upon is, but this fucking is what miles. They're saying, of, though, they're saying, you know, do it now, do yeah. it now, but you, you can't afford that, and it's not... 
it's not ready. You need to mold it. Yeah, and, and, and I mean that's it. that's you know my point. Like, not only can we not shut down the economic engine, I mean we can't t- deprive people who are trying to make a living, trying to trying mm-hmm. to improve their family life. We can't take the gas out of their vehicle. I mean, we need to move around. Yeah. We need the energy to get. Get oh, you're a trucker? You better start walking those well, loads across the board. You're never going to get to this clean energy no. that Neil and mm-hmm. company want unless you you yeah, you yeah uh, use this resource yeah. and, and give people energy to live yeah. their lives to get there. It really got to me when he had, um, had mentioned that Alberta is saying to use our clean energy rather than Saudi Arabia or another oh, yeah. country where we're That was, that was kind of at. ignorant. That kind of like... It, it, Oh, we're ethical. Really, we're ethical we're, oil because we're not at war. We're with, not at war. Yeah. It just it came across as so uneducated and ignorant. And well, just I mean, that, the, the the implication is that that we're equal. While Saudi Arabia, yeah, sure, they're at war, but we're killing. We're there's a holocaust of native mm-hmm. people. Yeah, and, literally and made it like sound that. like they were dropping like they're, dead. Like exactly. They're comparable somehow. I mean, yeah. they're nowhere near yeah. comparable. Well, and one of the ironies for me is you look at Daryl Hannah and, and uh, Neil Young and. The industries where they derived all of their income mm-hmm. that have allowed them the luxury of traveling around the world and talking about, you know, going to going to alternative energy sources, yep. mm-hmm. the movie industry and the music industry, which are both heavily reliant on fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Those those giant trucks that are coming to do concerts, they are not running on biodiesel. Again, again <laughs> no. Uh, another wicked comparison in Tim's blog was like, did he want shots of his of, of the crew of sure. the crew bus that ran on diesel? No. Did they, yeah. I forget what else did you put in there. But yeah, was, well, no, I, I just made mention that, you know, Neil has a much larger carbon footprint than the average man. Absolutely. Mm. And, you know, I don't begrudge him that. No, no. You know, he's, he's, but don't begrudge us that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, this is a two way street. That's and, right. uh, and again, you know, he's, he's a very, very wealthy man. Oil helped him get there. Mm. You know, yeah, it's, it was the same for Daryl Hannah, and that's that's a reality that that should be acknowledged. Yeah, and and I I don't understand. I mean, there's there's definitely kind of an anti-intellectual vibe that goes through this movement, and I get it. I mean, there, there's a visceral feeling you get when you kind of see an open pit mine and you see for ruined sure. boreal it looks bad. It looks horrible. You know, really and, dark but, but you know, some of the stuff like I was on Daryl Hannah's site, and she, I think there was something on there about about how the world we're facing a population problem, right? And I will wonder sometimes if if some of these people would rather see there being a lot less people on this earth. And if they want to achieve that end, I mean, one of the ways you do that is you cut people off from energy. Yeah. And, and a lot That's of people true. are going to start dying if That's you do true. that. Right? True, yeah, but yeah. unfortunately, a lot of the people that are going to start dying are the, the people who are already facing significant That's challenges right. mm-hmm. in, yeah. in developing countries. Yeah. They're the most so marginalized are, and vulnerable are Exactly. In this world, is right? that what we're saying is we're willing to give those people up in order to move to a cleaner energy? No, That's ex- another yeah. big discussion, boy. Well, um, you, you put it in those terms, and I can guarantee you every one of these quote-unquote celebrity activists will change their tune. Yeah. And it's it's true. You know what? The, the oil sand industry, you go out and look at the tailings bond. They are not pretty. How many industries are pretty? <laughs> I came from northwestern Ontario from a gold mining community, and you know what? Gold mining is not pretty. Look at the auto industry. It's, there are, Detroit, the, especially that symbolism yeah. in the auto industry back, I guess, in the 60s? There are tailings heaps everywhere. In fact, the school in the town I came from was built on a on a uh, tailings heap. What do they use to separate gold? They use arsenic. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, industry is not pretty. That's a reality. You can make it cleaner, you can make it responsible, and you can make it better. It's never going to be pretty, and it's never going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm not sure what their ideal utopia would look like would it look like uh you know us living in in 
teepees with cooking fires and breathing in that smoke and, you know, living to 35, but, but being one with nature and the fact that we can pick twigs and berries and, uh, hunt off the land mm-hmm. or would it look like, uh, you know, uh, the Jetsons world, but all solar paneled. I mean, I, I'm not really clear, clear about on what well, that is. And Jetsons it, world, they just rose above the pollution, <laughs> right? In, uh, in the first above. case, and I knew this before I read about it in your blog, Tim, I know that Neil Young's son has cerebral palsy. Mm-hmm. In the first case, Neil Young's son would not have survived. No, I have not. a cousin with cerebral palsy as well, well who's actually Tim, in her 50s. Why did she survive? Yeah. Because we are, live in a world of technology, not one where we're living in huts and eating berries. Yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of people in the world, like you pointed out, in developing countries that are as vulnerable as Neil's son is. They're living on the edge, and you cut them off from this, uh, you know, energy, and, and they're done, right? Yeah, their life expectancy is still half of what ours is. And he yeah. brought his son up here? For yeah, his- he brought his son up here. And, and that, that's actually one of the things that I really thought was cool about Neil. I mean, he, he can, he's got the... Uh, he's in the seventies now. Neil is right. He's uh, sixty-seven. Oh, 67, sixty-seven. Yeah. Okay. And his son is thirty-four, and his son was given a life expectancy of, of sixteen. Wow. But Neil was able to afford all this care for him, and you know, have round-the-clock care yeah. for him, suction his lungs, and uh, you know, he doesn't want to keep his son institutionalized. Doesn't want to keep him in a cocoon. Wants him to experience life fully, uh, and so he brings brings us son with him everywhere he can to to experience what he's experiencing and that's admirable i mean he doesn't have to do that you know he, he no exactly i think it's yeah. remarkable yeah. it is and uh and so but the irony of course is that he would deny others the ability to do the same thing right mm-hmm. and we you know i don't think that's his intention but that's going to be the result it's, yeah, the consequence. it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of the it's a, i guess you would call it two-dimensional thinking where you, you look at your, you look at the cause so much and oh no, you guys need to do this without thinking anything through and realize that the consequences that the, or the ripple effect that this could have, right? And I'm just, <laughs> I'm more interested to see, like, when he came up here, like, but what you said, like, how people, who was he talking to? Like, when the SAG D stuff, like, came up and. Right. So he came up. Because uh, when you said that like, right. he was registering it, like that, yeah. that was so. So my, my impression, I, I, I was talking with a gal from the production company out of LA or San Francisco from Shaky Pictures, and uh, she was uh, very big on me. Initially, they hired me. I, it seemed like I was going to take a bigger role because their main cameraman, uh, who is actually the son of the original producer for this, uh, Larry well, Johnson, had away, died. Right? But Ben Johnson, mm-hmm. his son is now Neil's guy. I mean, Neil is also loyal that way, right? He looks after his long-time staff and stuff like that. And uh, his son was actually over in Europe doing some work with Eminem or something like that. So they didn't think he was going to be able to make it here. So uh, they wanted me to do a bunch of shooting up here. And it turns out he was able to make it. So I Mm -hmm. thought I was going to be canceled, but then they still wanted me to do the chopper because no one else was, was uh, crazy (laughs) enough to go hang out on the, on the skid there. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I kind of got the impression that they wanted a local guy to give them a feel for the community and hook mm. them up because they, you know, they also asked me for some ideas for a balanced interview, someone who was unbiased who could oh, present wow. both sides of the story. So I thought, oh, very good, very yeah, good. Yeah, someone up that's here with changing up. Yeah. So I mean, that's when I contacted Teresa and Ken Chapman, and um, you know, got in touch with uh, uh, the fellow that runs Sustainable Joey. Joey. And uh, what had, timing, too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it was great. I thought, oh, man, they're going to be able to see sustainable. Yeah. They're going to be able to see what kind of community we are. And, and mm-hmm. maybe they can, you know, 
I know Sustainable has a solar-powered stage. Wouldn't it be stage? Wouldn't it be great to see Neil up there singing a song, oh, an impromptu little song wow, on yeah. a solar-powered stage in the middle of uh, the tar sands? Uh, you know, how would that play on the video? And I was kind of thinking of ways if I were the producer of the video, <laughs> I would. Yeah, would okay, like you see that. Tim the first day. Hi, I'm Tim. Yeah. Okay, you're gonna play the song of his. <laughs> Yeah, 25 song yeah. set. It, it's kind <laughs> so. of been nice to get a, a, a pat on the back, you know, for what we are doing and right. everything that, you know, the community and the tar sands are doing, like the reclaimed land, sustainable. Like, it, it would have been great for him to see that, to go like, wow, you guys are doing something. It goes back yeah. to the one-dimensional. Like, he well, had a plan. And part of it is the way I think that these productions are designed a little bit, too, because he's surrounded by a production crew. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they're talking to the head office who's talking to me. So I'm getting the information filtered through the production company and the production company in LA doesn't act necessarily know all the decisions and the yeah. thoughts mm-hmm. and the free. Yeah. How you're dealing with idea. people that aren't even right. N- have never so, been I here. Mean, they roll into town. I mean, she, this gal didn't know when they're even going to be arriving. She thought Saturday. Well, then it turned out I got word from the chopper pilot. Hey, they're in. T- I just saw them roll into town in, on Friday. <laughs> uh, and it turns out that they had spent the day with the first nation chief. Mm. I didn't even know they were mm. in town. Yeah. So, I'm like, okay, I guess I'm not playing as quite as big a role as I thought, and I'm not going to be producing the Fort McMurray <laughs> side Rips of this thing. the set, the set, uh, the set so I kind of, that deflated me a bit. But then, you know, when I met them at the hotel, I got, the, again, I got the impression that they were open-minded and that, yeah. and they, they were very interested to hear about sustainable. They were interested to hear about the green energy solutions we have. So, it was you that was telling them all this? Uh, it was, well, Ken Chapman oh, Ch- okay. flew in from the airport. He's like, you know what? I'm going to come there. I told him, I said, I, I have no idea if I'm even going to be able to get a word in edgewise to, you know, promote an interview Ken's with you, coming. you or <laughs> Teresa. But Ken's like, you know what? I'm going to go up there and su- su- support Joey and be around just in case. Right? Oh, right on. Yeah, and awesome. uh, he found out that I was meeting out at Chateau, Chateau Nova and he had just flown into the airport. So, he said, I'm going to pop in. <laughs> so, he popped in and he didn't say Ken Chapman. The Ken Chapman pop in and Neil yeah. Young that's awesome and I'm like I'm kind of thinking I'm like shitting bricks actually because I'm like oh god are they gonna think I, I, I brought, brought this guy in. Like, I didn't know how I didn't really know Ken I didn't know if he was gonna like uh, you know. he's but pretty smooth he's pretty smooth yeah we ended up going out back looking at his car and you know Ken talked his ear up and, and I mean I tell you like Ken gave a, a great case for sustainable development and what's going wow. on acknowledged you know our warts and our flaws yeah. and said what we're doing to improve everything and and Neil was like very interested, and like I said, when he's hearing all this stuff and hearing us talk about our community and how much we care about it, it was registering. It was registering. He didn't want to. He was, he was yeah. connecting with it, and then he'd flip back. No, I'm here for the dogs. the tailings ponds, yeah. but the dead ducks. I'm, I'm anxious to see the final result and to see if, if it had any impact on him because I'm sure he came here. He came here with an agenda, and you know there are people with an agenda, and whoever's paying for this, they have an agenda, and sure. they're not. They're not paying to hear anything else, but I'm hoping, I really, I, I have faith, I hope that it's taken some effect in the no, final product. I, you know, I don't know if I have that faith. But I, to, bring I, this, I hope so. to bring this full circle to what we're if, talking if about anything, with Rolling Stone. If but anything, I hope that he offers a solution. That would be that would be great. Yeah. I, I'd like to see what his advice would be oh, or his, how he wants to change it. Like, his, like oh, if, He's telling you know, us like, a solution. Though, this stop? is a week out of, of hearing all this great That's stuff right. and yeah. us feeling good about the message we gave him. He's saying Hiroshima and cut off Keystone and let's wasteland. The reality is just these snippets and these these few clips that we've heard that you know could yeah. be a little bit out of context you know like we could give them that like it's, it's little yeah. little clips it's not a full piece it's, I, it's hard to change when you're really yeah. 
when you've become so involved in a certain way of thinking, when, when you sort of, and, and when you're very sort of idealistic about something, it's very hard to change. And I know that firsthand from being involved in the anti-nuclear movement. It's very hard to have somebody come to you and say, well, what about nuclear medicine? <laughs> mm, yeah, isotopes. Say, shut yeah. down the uranium mines. What about nuclear medicine? And you're thinking, and and it's very fallout, hard because you start having that internal dialogue, yeah. and you're thinking, could I be wrong? And you're thinking, no, I'm not wrong. Of course, I'm right. Nuclear power, nuclear energy is wrong, and there should be no nukes, and we should shut down uranium. And then you're thinking, mm, my aunt has cancer, and she's now reliant on nuclear medicine, and. It's a tough thing yeah. to change the way you think. But do you think really, this is yeah. to bring it full circle? Like he's up here shooting a movie. Do you want to? Do you want to watch a movie that has? Well, maybe we do, but watch a movie that has a feel-good uh, image of Fort McMurray, or do you want to see those Mordor shots that Tim got from the helicopter with a little green car that's chugging its way through? Like what I'd like to see is reality. I'd like to see both sides, but unfortunately, most people have. An agenda. Most people do have a motivation, and I'm no different than anyone else. To be to be quite honest, I mean, mm. do I try to tell the real story of Fort McMurray? Sure. Is it balanced on the good side? Is it balanced on the positive things? Of course, it is. Yeah. We all have an agenda, and we all bring our motivations to what it's we true. do. Very true. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's it's that's dead on the money because, yeah. like everyone says, Todd, you you paint Fort McMurray with such rose colored. Uh, Glasses? Anyway, or whatever that saying is. <laughs> the, um, do, you, that's okay. do you even do you even realize about what issues from like Murray has? Yes, I think I realize them. I wouldn't say more than anyone, but I think I realize them just as much as anyone else does. But of course, call me positive, call me a glass half full kind of guy. But I like to focus on what we have and what we have to work with and what we can do. What'll raise my son to make him more positive outlook? than just sitting there being miserable and constantly cursing mm-hmm. traffic. Like, I can sit there and go, what is it, an hour down the hill for you now? Down oh, like, 30 I, minutes from Confess. Can we not from talk a, that'll be enough. That'll center. be enough to turn the most positive person corner, into a... But you know what? You just leave early. But, you just but leave but a here's the thing. Early. You always look for opportunities in this stuff, right? I mean, that's 45 minutes that people could be listening to your podcast. Oh, yeah. there you go. Nicely done, yeah. too. Bravo, too. That's right. Stitcher.com. Yeah, he did it. <laughs> Stitcher.com slash YMM. You can hear us on the go. Um, I, um, I have to ask because, again, Facebook and Twitter, you know, you, you have people. Well, I want to get into the Twitter war. People were making issue about, oh, I'm not going to buy his music anymore. Oh, you took it out of my mouth. Good job. Think about that. Separating or, the artists. We're not going to play opinion. his music on the station anymore. Yeah. That's... I was kind of thrown off by 97's uh, post about, should we not play their music? They had. Taken an honest poll on whether we should not play his music. Anymore. Well, are we gonna are we gonna look at the opinions of every musician now and then decide whether or not Rolling we're going to play their, play their music? Or, or yeah, we're not gonna carry Rolling Stone magazines in our in our Walmart. We're not going yeah. to. I mean, you know what? I took a hardline stance on Chris Brown for a little while with the uh, <laughs> DJ company. And, uh, but forever was a good song. I'm saying. <laughs> but at the end of the day, I even had to cave on that because they brought up some good points. Well, what about Ozzy Osbourne biting heads off this? Yeah. What about yeah. all yeah. these rock stars that do immoral things? Yeah. I'm like, wow, okay, that's good. And it was the opposite end of the spectrum too. Like coming with a similar topic, I've seen people last night saying that because he's a, uh, a musician and because he's uh, his comparisons are his life, like he has more of a valid opinion. I'm like, no. this is not. There's it's not one in the same. There's musician Neil Young. That's an absolute fucking legend. It should be for every yep. Canadian out there. Iconic. 
And then there's, I'll use my terminology, then there's the idiot that came up here uh, and compared us to a nuclear wasteland. Well, like, I think it's two separate things. Or, it is. Originally, before, I'll still rock I, out before to the free I world. read anything, someone's like, hey, Fort McMurray came. And they're like, hey, said it looked like a wasteland. I'm like, oh, I'm like, Neil Young said that. I'm like, I don't know if I'd argue with Neil Young. And then I read it, and I'm like, fuck, motherfucker, what? Like, no, uh-huh. right? A total 360. My absolute idol should uh, come up here and talk about his talents. Then I go different. to social media, and I expect... A whole different argument than what I was reading, and I'm like, is all you like the only thing you care about? The only thing you get from this is whether or not you're still going to listen to his music. Like you totally yeah, bypass yeah. the I mean, actual. It's a, it's a totally it's, separate. It's a it's separate good call. issue. Yeah, and I mean to be honest with you, like I, I actually, I, you know, the music of Neil Young and even his philosophy and Eddie Vedder and even Daryl Hannah. I mean. those people resonate with me you know i could hang out with those people i can get along with those people i i have the same goals and aspirations and dreams for the world i have the same motivations as them and i understand but i understand you know that the oil sands are going to get us there there's a way that Mm -hmm. they can get us Mm -hmm. there yeah uh you know and and they're going to get us there a lot faster than pointing guns at people and saying thou shall not pass you cannot Mm -hmm. do what you want to do with that energy yeah. Uh, and so, I mean, to me, that the importance here is that that it's about becoming a good communicator and connecting with common goals and and connecting with people and and seeing what's in common and and trying to get them to open up and and be as open as you are. And and I think part of that is being open first right. to change your mind, being vulnerable, being willing to question your own narrative. And yeah. when people see that, then then they you know, say, and hey, it's opening ourselves work. up. It is. You know, when when Tim contacted me and said, would you be willing to meet with Neil Young if the, the chance arose? I thought about it initially because I went, oh, you know, mm. what are the chances this is going to be positive on Fort McMurray? What are, but I we said know yes, the drill because now. I will always say yes. And typically, right. in fact, when I see that there's a journalist coming to town or a videographer or whatever, I reach out and contact them first. Sure. Because I think that's the only chance that we have yeah. of spreading that story. Even if they walk away with an incredibly negative story, horrible, you know what? Maybe they came to my house for dinner and met my kid. And they saw a different side of this community. Yep. And they may not have acknowledged it professionally, but they certainly know it personally. And it may change that dialogue within themselves about us. And that's why we shouldn't boycott Neil's music. Agreed. Too. Well, In fact, we should agreed. try to get him up here to play shows. I that's mean, exactly. I, I would love to get him up here to I play. I did some video work for Treaty Days, and those guys have a lot of money for, for putting on these events. I mean, it's true. they almost got the hip up here, and the hip would have been playing for 200 people. Oh, I mean, my toes just, just like quivered. Like, they should be able to afford <laughs> Neil Young. Uh, you know, well, let's get him up here. I mean, he would probably cut his rate in half to stand shoulder to shoulder with his uh, First Nations brothers and sisters. And the more he's True. up here and the more mm-hmm. he's experiencing them and, and experiencing the truth. change his tune. You know, so don't boycott his music. No pun intended. <laughs> Open it up. And in fact, I agree with you. We should be, you know, offering our service. I actually sent an email. I never got a response. There's a couple of guys that are known to be environmental activists that uh, recently were kind of... Uh, in the news for, I think, the Alberta government or tourism Alberta. Oh, I contest them too. Mike yeah. and Andy. I've been yes, in conversation yes, with so them. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently so, we're getting together when they come up. I've, I feel left out of the club. <laughs> no, it's, it's two comedians out of L.A. that uh, oh, It's the one that uh, yes. they did a, a parody yeah. of the Alberta tourism video. Yes, gotcha. And what made the headlines is the Alberta tourism or Alberta tourism took offense to it and they got yeah. it taken down. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, come on, you just gave them huge leverage. Absolutely. For what they that, that. Well, and course. they got it. They That's got the only it. thing 
that shocked them in. Like they, yeah. their Indiegogo campaign well, tripled based off of that article or mm-hmm. that news. And this alone. is why you don't feed that negative. You don't energy. feed the negative why, energy. You know, you don't uh, boycott music. No. Why you don't no. uh, yeah. try to hurt these people? Right? Why you, didn't attack them? The first thing I did is reached out to them and said, "Hey, let's get together when you come to town." I think you see yeah, yeah. my emails that I sent yeah, to them. I'm absolutely. like, "Come on, I'll show you yep. my perspective." And I said, show. "Here, I got lots of filmmaking gear. I've got a suite that you can stay in for free." I'll help you out. I'll do whatever I can to uh, you show know, you with a real like, thing. I mean, I know this, the end product isn't going to be something that I, I would be proud to put my name on, but I would rather yeah. give it Absolutely. a shot. Give it a Absolutely. shot. And, and not necessarily, they got bombarded. I think those two guys got bombarded by us. You said, you said <laughs> the real thing, but not necessarily the real thing, Todd Skeet. The other side. Yeah. Mm. Right? Exactly. Because it's, 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 there are many... <laughs> There's a million stories in the city, right? You know, everybody has a story There's and everybody's perspective, yeah. everybody's perspective counts and every story is, is real and valid. Sure. So they're coming up to look for one story. All I'm interested in doing is maybe showing them another story. Yeah. Telling them a different story. No, very, very valid point. Because like I said, a lot of the stuff of what these people say about the oil sands is true. Right, like it's. Mm-hmm. I wish they would kind of take more faith into what a lot of these reps say with, about what they're doing with reclamation, because that's true too. But no one ever believes a rep. Um, but mm-hmm. it's what really hurts is what they talk about is our, is the town, because mm-hmm. town is what I'm proud of. The town is what I'm raising my oh, kid I mean, in. The town, the they, town is different than the plants. Picture. I was so happy because um, Arlene Dickinson came to town mm-hmm. recently, and she she made the comment that she was expecting industry when she came, and that she was just kind of sidetracked by the beauty of the city. Like she, there was such a negative picture painted of Fort McMurray, such an ugly, gross picture that she expected to come in and see that, and she mm-hmm. didn't. It was it was trees and nature, which I thought was great. Community. But what concerned me about that is Arlene Dickinson is from Calgary. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That concerned me but is that here she is of, from Calgary and she actually her venture communications <laughs> runs does the marketing and communications for Synovus Energy, oh. which is an oil sands company, and she has this image of Fort McMurray, and I'm thinking, uh oh. Well, I think well, it's like we the, just the, the we just need to outsource more. I mean, we need to get the positive image outside of our community. That's we, we need, need to, to tell the, the good story. That's right, and we have to do it, it ourselves. We can't rely us. on other people. We can't rely on people coming in to tell that. We can't rely on Neil Young. Daryl no. Hannah, Rolling Stone, two comedians from L.A. to come in and tell the good side of Fort McMurray. We have to do it ourselves. You're looking at a blog with, however, like two blogs on here with uh, uh, over hundreds of uh, hundreds of posts. We've got over hundred podcasts. This is just us sitting at the table. That you're yeah. you're more than a part of a majority of them. Got just a chirpy little girl running around. Going, What's the matter with you like, people? The more, it's true. Like uh, I think it's be. <laughs> The best, what is it? The best defense is a good offense. And right now is that we are publicly sharing our stories, the people that live here. Mm -hmm. And it's not just us that actually put our thoughts on the web or or, or on internet radio show, but it's the people that live here that just talk to their families that live elsewhere. Mm -hmm. I've lived here in Fort McMurray for five years. It's not anything like I expected when I moved here. How many times have I heard that? No one on Twitter, no one on Facebook. It's it's through word of mouth. Sometimes Mm -hmm. that's faster than social media will ever be, right? Oh, definitely. Someone contacted me once and, and said, you know, I'm really tired of my family. I was ragging on Fort McMurray. So I just tell them off. And I said, don't tell them off. Invite them to visit. I'm sorry, but I, said, I, I wanted them, to tell them bring off. Them, <laughs> bring them up here. Yeah. Invite them to visit. Take them to McDonald Island. Take them down to the riverbanks. Mm-hmm. Drive them around the neighborhoods. Take them on Birchwood Trails. Yeah. 
And the, I, the, the, the way to approach this is to have them come here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I would like to do, and Toddski, I'm going to throw this out here on national dun, broadcast dun, dun, live. Dun, dun, dun. That means it's set in stone, you know. That's like it's, if stone. It all right. All 12 people are right now. This, Tim. On the record. Consider carefully. Yes. All right. Uh, we need to bring our filmmaking prowess together and tell this community story. Uh, yes. it's, it's been in my bucket list for a number of years now, and this is lighting a fire under my ass. Yep. I mean, there, there's clearly a need in this community. Mm-hmm. We want our story told, and we're the people sitting at this table. And all you out there in uh, listener land uh, <laughs> who wants to support this, we, we need to start a discussion. We need to get the ball rolling. Let's create uh, an amazing documentary film about this community from its perspective we're coming in i mean i remember too the first time i saw mm-hmm. fort mcmurray and i was amazed and i was impressed yep. we need to show that we yep. need to bring that to people who don't have the resources to visit here mm-hmm. uh and run a dash cam everyone thinks I the oil sands is, you know like everyone thinks my, my first time are, seeing fort mcmurray yeah. like, i wish everyone could see that because i drove I, I i flew in and i drove from the airport on like a gross rainy august mm-hmm. day it was just muddy and gross and we drove through gregoire and there's so much development then that everything looks so industrial and i'm like oh god no like what did i come to and then you get over the hill and then Beacon you see hill. the trees and then you see the community and i'm like oh there's trees, and mm-hmm. I, I didn't expect trees when I came here. I thought I was just going to see stacks and yeah, industrial places and, and complexes and apartments. Stock I didn't expect footage to from Suncor, and expected my house just to be on the left. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, I'm just like yeah. guys. Like yeah. it, it's no, it's not like that at all. Like no, they're exactly. oh, they're 30 kilometers north, and there's something. Well, they're all around us now, but it's it's not the town, and I think that's why I take so much offense to it. Is mm-hmm. because you are comparing my home. To something that is nowhere near the, this place at all, and it quite—I shouldn't say—has nothing to do with it. The oil sands is ingrained in Fort McMurray, and that's a, a, a given. But what you're talking about with this hookers and blow and, and mm-hmm. cocaine, like this is a place that I've grew up in. I moved here when I was 12 years old. I was raised in all of this, and it's not there. Sorry, it's not as prevalent as what people say it is. Well, if they want to have a dialogue about the issues, I'm more than open to it. But then let's drop the emotional language. Let's drop the hyperbole and let's actually talk about the mm-hmm. issues. Yeah. It, it, that's the reality mm-hmm. to me is if you're going to come and use words like Mordor, Wasteland, well, okay. Hiroshima. Hold on a sec. Mordor was my word. <laughs> no, guess, no, but that actually that actually has but, been one that's been right. used. Yeah, before. you must have you seen didn't, that. You didn't coin that ago. one. That's, that was, that's where I got it from. Yeah, yeah. I know, you know it's, a, so, it's a meme here. That, yeah. Exactly. But if if you want to have that dialogue, and if you want to have a dialogue about the oil sands, about the industry, let's have that. Mm-hmm. They're two separate dialogues, mm-hmm. and let's drop the emotional language on both of them mm-hmm. and talk about them on a different level. Yeah. No, you said it. Yeah, exactly it, and. It's like I said, I guess, but what I'm noticing with myself is that what's bothering me is that everyone's putting a one and the same up here. And that's just what's getting to me lately. I don't know if everyone is always putting it as one and the same or if sometimes we're feeling it mm-hmm. as one and the same. If sometimes the attacks on the oil sands, yeah. we start to take them personally, reflecting on the community when they don't necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I don't think Neil Young was necessarily saying the community is a wasteland. No. I don't think he was saying the community is Hiroshima. I don't think, no. you know, he was, he was talking about the oil sands sites and industry, not necessarily about the community. Now, does that reflect on us a bit? Yes, of course, because it's the industry we rely on. For our income, and let's let's be real. The reason Fort McMurray is the size it is is because of the oil sands. Yeah. But I think we can be a little 
oversensitive. Yeah, definitely. As well. I, and take offense very quickly. I'll admit that. And and that's part of our story too, right? That it needs is. to be told. Like it you know, is. I I envision a fully fleshed out, you know, uh looking at at these kind of nuanced things that bring this community to life. We I mean, I don't I'm not convinced that we would have done things like banned plastic bags or or Mm-hmm. been involved in all these green initiatives if we weren't so sensitive either right it, a lot of it is i agree it's reactionary you know <laughs> and actually my view on the whole plastic ban bag ban is that it's probably not as environmentally friendly as everyone thinks mm-hmm. it is but it gives us a good feeling and yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. A feel good and, piece. and again just like neil is putting out better. a good feeling we're putting yeah. out a good feeling and maybe we're not totally recognizing <laughs> the truth of it but but that's another podcast. Want to see how green we are? You no can. bags. No bags. And I, I agree with you. But there, but that is part of our narrative, and it's part of our, mm-hmm. we we feel the weight of the world watching us and judging mm-hmm. us, and we hate being judged, and yeah. and and we'll hate being judged wrongly. It, right. Well, from what we feel is well, it well is. it's it's easy to become oversensitive. Tim blogs as well, and you podcast. You know, when I get the. Uh, <laughs> 100th a nasty email telling me that I'm a stupid cow, you start getting a little sensitive about things, (laughs) right? You know, so it's easy to become oversensitive because people are criticizing you constantly. So Mm -hmm. there's a reason we're sensitive in this community. But Tim is right, telling the story of why we are, why we're sensitive, Mm -hmm. how that's developed. You just can't sit and sulk about it. Tim, sounds like a great plan, buddy. All right. We shall make it happen. Anyone with deep pockets out there, (laughs) contact We could crowdsource. Amazing to get one of these Rolling Stones people to invite this anonymous person to come here and actually live in the community and work in the community. Not the oil sands, but come in and work in in the community for, for like a month and... You know, on that contract, attend community events and, you know, go and see things and live like a resident. <laughs> yep. More go, so than go, go, like, live like a real resident. I challenge anyone to that, go that to the United Way wrap-ups yeah. and or, just see, wow, we've raised $8 million. On the other side, someone I know who is actually a local resident, but who's actually living in camp right now when he's working on site has said, Teresa, I think you should come out and spend a week in camp. <laughs> and write about that side of the story. Yeah. And you know what? He's probably right. No, I should because it's, it's that's the side dark, I've never said it's not and as never dark told. And scary as you know, I don't. I've, it's not just little military cots with people living off of rations nope. that they tear open and pour hot water in. You but know? there's some realities there that I don't know about, Stacey, know, because I've is, never yeah. lived in camp. And, and have, he challenged me. He challenged yeah. me and said, "Go live in camp for a week and write about it. No, write about being true. a woman in camp. Write about write about your experience in camp." And he's right. There's there's a reason why I've always said I will purchase a house wherever I am working because yep. I do not want to stay in camp. It's again. not for it's like it's not well, no, for everybody. My biggest but, issue you know, is like, the freedoms, but exactly. my line of work. But when you will have people that are what I deal with flying too as well. in and out, I mean, it's a lot of especially out of newer camps. I mean, they're like little hotel rooms. Oh yeah, the conditions I mean, are fine, but the people is a different story. Yeah. yeah, it's because and it's because of the words you just said, the fly in, fly out. For some reason, the 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 family man that gets left in in that town and the fucking idiot comes up here and shits I, all, all over the floor is, all and pisses is, in the garbage all can. All it takes is one idiot though who's like, my cousin came here and worked that time. Like I have nine uncles and most of them work on camp here and they have nothing but good things to say and they're newbies. That says something. Well, no, it's good things about Fort McMurray. It's my biggest fight lately too. Is expectations right? Is what are your expectations? To me, some mm-hmm. people's expectations are way too high in this town. Some people, yeah. and I don't know if it's, I could call it this town. I, maybe it's just some people in general expect that they should be able to drive up to a door of a place that's having a massive event five minutes ago and should fund parking right up front. To me, that's bad expectations, but yeah. other people have that. Lowered expectations. <laughs> <laughs> 
Final thoughts, guys. What are you guys thinking? Final final words, Teresa. Final thoughts. Um, you know, it's it's just another episode in this life in Fort McMurray. It, it uh, really and, is. and and Neil Young won't be wasn't the first celebrity to come here, and he won't be the last. And uh, I think the most important thing we can do is keep telling our own story in Very whatever true. way mm-hmm. we can do it. I'm hoping he hears this. I'm, I'm really, I really do hope he. I know he's one of the twelve listeners. <laughs> hope he does i mean i'm still going to listen to his music and i'm probably going to watch the documentary when it comes out because you know it's lit a fire and i i'm just not going to take so much heed to it i mean it's why do i care about neil young's olsan report well who is he it's true well neil if you're listening uh i love you man (laughs) uh, you know uh can i play in your band and stuff because i think you're cool uh let's be friends and uh, you know what? Let's let's build a world together. You know, we're not your enemy. Uh, we are your friend, and we want the same things. And uh, I hope you see that. And I hope you see that what you're doing can cause a lot of harm in this world if you're not careful. So let's work together, buddy. The uh, I couldn't. <laughs> that was excellent. All the like. Look at the blog posts. Uh, McMurray Musings. Uh, FortMacPhilosopher.blogspot.ca. Check out what they will have to say, because those are the final thoughts summed up right there. Uh, beautiful pieces of writing for the two of you guys. Uh, and to me, uh, nothing uh, kind of brought a smile to my face more than the Twitter post of, I was just at a red light and Neil Young pulled up beside me. <laughs> <laughs> Only in Fort McMurray. <laughs> That's true. So, uh, uh, I can't, I was going to say something, I can't remember. Oh, uh, where can they find you, Tim, if they want more? Uh, well, I blog at, uh, like you said, fortmacblogspot.ca. Uh, a- right, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, contact info more than I Get him business cards. Yeah, but yeah. you are also on Twitter, sir. I'm on Twitter, Twitter uh, moen underscore Tim. Moen underscore Tim. And moen is just like the fine faucets and plumbing fixtures. <laughs> <laughs> that he owns some stock in. The, uh, no, uh, Tim, we're going to have you on again. Uh, and obviously, Stacy's lives downstairs. I live downstairs. I just Teresa's, come up whenever. I Teresa's take beer good for every, the oven mitt. <laughs> Teresa's good for one every ten. <laughs> uh, well, you know, now that you've popped my uh, cherry, I plan on becoming a podcast hey, slot. Hey, man. I, I, <laughs> Check out our cat pictures on Instagram. That's Toski. And leave zombies alone. And Bensky. Lots of cat pictures. <laughs> Lots of uh, pictures. All it starts is with one, buddy. <laughs> so while we clean up the mess for this week's yeah. episode of the YMN Podcast, on behalf of Tito Stephen Ash, I'm Todsky. I'm Tim with the beer. I'm Teresa. <laughs> Stacy. We'll see you next set.
Podcast is a T-Man Entertainment production in association with Hyperphotonic Media. Find us at hyperphotonicmedia.com. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Thank you.